0: Hello, my name is Michael and you're listening to Forever Sound Version, a video game music podcast. How do dear friends and welcome to episode number 26 of Forever Sound Version. My name is Michael, and I am joined today by a guest. Here we have uh, someone who's been on the show a couple of times before, and it's very good to have him back. We have Stuart Thompson in the building. How are you doing, Stuart?
1: Yeah, I'm pretty good. Thank you for having me back on again. This is
0: my hat-trick one now as well. This mm. is my third one. Yeah, 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 no doubt. Well, thanks for coming. Um, been thinking about doing this episode for a little while, and uh, it's nice to, nice to finally... Uh, Get our ideas together and uh, make make it happen. Uh, the show is going to be about the PS One, the Sony PlayStation, or PSX as it was known to the devs back in the day. The original PlayStation, uh, Sony's first foray into the console market, which has uh, turned out to be very fruitful for them. You know, they're uh, arguably the world leaders in uh, in video games uh, home hardware these days with the PS Four. Uh, but the PS1 is a very uh, special console for me, and uh, I would I would hazard that uh, it's a special one for you as well. Uh, marching into the proper 32-bit era, that like sleek grey box, grey box of tricks. A game that came like uh, you can put discs in it as well, rather than yeah, cartridges. Yeah, yeah, that was uh, that. I mean, that was a first to us. I mean, there was the Sega Mega CD and things like that uh, a bit before it, but. Uh, for us, yes, that that was it. You used to,
1: it would play the CDs on them. Do you remember? You can put the CDs in, it and used to sort of like it'll give you like sound effects. You could have like good sound it as if it made a sound like it was from a dome.
0: Oh, the reverb, like, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that's a good point. Like the Sony PlayStation had its own built-in like uh, reverb system, and quite a few games used that, like applied reverb to uh, sounds. So if you're if in like uh, in a game and you're playing in a cave. Uh, you go into a cave, maybe they'll apply some of the PlayStation's own reverb to the sound, which is kind of crafty. But it was really good fun that you could... I, mean, I don't know why you would really want to do this apart from just messing about, but you could put it on the CDs, the audio CDs, so... And the old, uh, how, how big were the memory
1: cartridges again? It was in blocks, did not it? You got 15 saves on each one, yeah. the official one, didn't you? I can't remember
0: what the actual capacity data-wise was, but, er, uh, yeah, so the, in the same, uh, in the same sort of uh, startup kind of domain of the PlayStation you could do the memory card manager yes you got rip-offs on them as well that made them a bit l- larger so you can get more on them oh yeah. the old
1: multi-taps as well you used to sort of plug in a thing like give you an extra couple of ports more mm, players that's right <laughs> i
0: nostalgic yeah. about it now well it, it's, a, it's a great machine great machine absolutely amazing machine very very popular tons of games uh, yeah yeah it's nice, I mean it's it's a very nineties kind of machine for me. I associate this the aesthetics of all of the promotional material and advertising that came out with kind of high mid to late nineties. Uh you know, uh, the shtick's kinda of funny now. It's it's dated but in a charming way, you know, very uh futuristic and a bit edgy. So uh put it in a different kind of ballpark to Nintendo, which is traditionally a bit more a bit more warm and fuzzy. Here comes uh, the PlayStation, arguably like, undercutting Sega's shtick, really, because they were supposed to be the edgy, you know, games, the adults' company. And then PlayStation came along and, and I guess changed all that. There's a club in Sheffield somewhere that still lets you play
1: PlayStation games. Hmm. You get a drink, you can sit down on a couch somewhere. You know, people are dancing around you and all that, and you just sat there with a game's controller, it's, like playing the select amount of games uh, they got there. The original PlayStation. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, nice magic. So the first thing we heard top of this episode is familiar to you no doubt, that was uh, the startup sound. I thought I'd open the show with a startup sound and the composer uh, was Takafumi Fujisawa. Uh, It's a few seconds long and you hear the first part of it regardless of if there's a disc in the machine or not when you start the PlayStation up and the second part will play if the disc is loaded uh, okay, yes. it transitions yeah. from white the white background to the black background. Mm-hmm. That's how you know that things are working and the disk you're using's not scratched to hell, right? Don't they use that in the PS two as well? Start that startup theme. It's a different one, I think. But I think if you
1: load it in a PlayStation One oh, it, yeah, it okay. recognizes it as an old format and it loads the
0: old uh, theme that you had there, playing the Right, startup. right. It was backwards compatible, yeah. I got you, yeah. I
1: remember seeing the screen on my sister's PS2 anyway when she loaded in one of my old games. So
0: i ah, seen that. But. Nice. So um, one of the things that I loved about that era of playing games, I mean, we've spent a lot of time over at your house on the old PlayStation, because he got it before me, right, um, was the, the demo discs you could get on the front of the official PlayStation magazine, uh, the, the UK-specific PlayStation magazine, and you'd be able to have some like video trailers on there of upcoming games that are in development or nearing completion. And you could also have little playable segments or like maybe a couple of levels of games that were that imminently coming out or had just been released and reviewed in the magazine itself. And there was the Net Erosi games, the the, the legendary black PlayStation, the programmable PlayStation. There was some games for the Net Erosi on there and um, I, loved, I loved going through all those discs, uh, just free, free games practically, you know and one of the games, I don't know if you remember this, but one of the games I uh, recall us spending a lot of time with in its demo demo format was Armoured Core <laughs> do you remember Armoured Core? Yeah, yeah I remember the two missions you got on it as well. On the demo disc there was, I think the one piece of music that was on there was when you were like on the menu, like fitting up your mech so we should say that the game is like a like a mech. you control a mech and you go around. it's like an action game you know you you build your mech with your uh with your funds buy different weapons and stuff and armor and all that then you 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 deployed in missions for, you know hired to do these jobs and uh you fly around for your jetpack powered robot thing and and do some damage. It's uh, great fun. but uh there was one tune I remember on the demo version that was played. When you're fitting up your mech, and that is one of the tracks that I have picked. Yeah, bigger <laughs> yeah. of
1: what it sounds yeah. like.
0: Yeah, yeah. Let's uh, let's have it, shall we? I've got I've got another pick from Armored Core as well. That's some in-game music from the full title, I believe. Um, game was developed by From Software, originally released in '97, although it didn't make it to Europe until 1998. Composers are Keshiro Segawa and Masuro Tatayama and we're gonna have uh, shape memory alloys first, which is the, which is where your shape memory alloy, shape memory alloy, <laughs> yeah, sound a familiar? <laughs> a shape memory alloy, yeah. And that's where they got it from. <laughs> they, got it. They, they stole it from Core. <laughs> Can you imagine? God. <laughs> yeah, and this is a. It's a bit of a smooth, smooth operator. This one, I think. So it's very. Uh, I'm I'm thinking of going through like an airport departure lounge, you know, going to the duty free, trying some perfumes and seeing what whiskies they have available. It's 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 very uh very chic, I think, in a way, which is kind of funny for a game. Uh, where right. You... <laughs>
1: I'm, I'm just imagine, I'm going to imagine that we listen to it playing, and see what that. Yeah, that,
0: let's that do that it. Is. So you're kind of shopping, but are you shopping for perfume or are you shopping for uh, like crazy? robot weapons I don't know (laughs) shape memory alloy from armoured core Shape memory alloys. Turns out it's plural in the title. And uh, then we had dotted line from Armored Core on the Sony PlayStation. And uh, yeah, I'm still I'm still feeling that first one's got that smooth little swagger to it. You know, uh, what were you saying? Like the captain's walking through the departure lounge. Or <laughs> <laughs> and like yeah, like, what,
1: what, yeah. I can sort of see. It, like, you think would fit into sort of sounding as if it was something slightly energetic for you know like being in an airport. Mm. Yeah, uh, yeah. It sounds a
0: little bit luxurious to me, you know. I
1: like music like that. <laughs> I think music like that for a, for a, like a, a a menu theme of some sort on a game before a mission or something's always really good.
0: It's like it always gets you kind of pumped for the game, I think. Mm, right, I mean. right. No doubt. And then we had dotted line, which is I'm I'm really really impressed with the with the production shops on this one. Very very clean. Uh, tons of energy in the uh, like break beats chopped up and the uh, very, very ravey synths, like uh, 90s <laughs> rave kind of business going on there, just bleeps everywhere. Uh, yeah, you fantastic stuff. Pillheads loving that game, wouldn't you? Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, I, I would have thought so. I think, I think a lot of pillheads <laughs> were probably into their PlayStation. <laughs> no doubt. So, I think that's a pretty. Decent start to the episode music-wise, but um, we're going to take a a bit of a left turn, I understand. How about you uh, tell us about your first pick for
1: the show? Um, I've gone for, uh, I think I've mentioned this before, an older one, one of my favourite games uh, for the PlayStation. Uh, It's an odd world, Abe's Odyssey um, background music to the first level, Rupture Farms. Um... I'll mention why I sort of picked it afterwards but it's kind of more avant-garde type music really which things
0: encapsulates the theme of the factory yeah this isn't the first time you've you've brought out Abe on this podcast because of course when you completely trounced everyone in the VGM battle episode you brought out a bit of a um, Odd World, Ibs Odyssey on that one too. Yeah, that was my yeah. worst scoring round though. I, I went sort of slightly downhill, and this is my
1: third round. Ah. I wish I'd used this now or something like that. No. Really, but, uh, uh, maybe you can get us back in the next
0: one with something else. Well, I've got a tower to defend now, haven't I? You have. a belt to. <laughs> well, you say belt, but there, there, there will. <laughs> this is a real tangent. I understand, but there will be a prize next time. So, uh, yeah, we'll see. Anyway, yes, uh, Rupture Farms is the name of the track. Um, and the composer I have here is Ellen Majors. Uh, I don't know if it's Majors or Myers. I'll say Ellen Myers Gabriel from Oddworld Abe's Odyssey on the PlayStation. We just had Rupture Farms from Oddworld, Abe's Odyssey. Uh, yes, welcome back, uh, if, if you haven't scared you off with that one. Yeah, interesting pick. Um, I like it, you know, it's, it's, it functions nicely as the background music for a very tense and very odd game.
1: It's suspenseful, and then it's like at the same time, I like the background bits, like we hear like the little machinery, like
0: yeah, like
1: of the of the factory that Abe's trying to escape from. Like especially on the level, you can actually see it in the background as well, a little kind of like
0: right lines, right. like sort of. So in a sense, it's kind of like incidental sound effects as well as like a musical piece. But of course, I mean, I'm, I'm not interested in humming and haring about what does and doesn't count as music, you know. But uh yeah, it's 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 nice and very tense, and I like the little the little touches of percussion that kind of punctuate the noise like a ch 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 you know that that suggests a certain nervous nervously precarious uh like tiptoeing around trying yeah. to to be sneaky yeah that's it and then it would get more
1: intense if, if a slug was pursuing you or something or mm that kind of thing but uh, yeah uh, I don't know I like that it's, it's full of it's full of things like that in that game particularly particular especially some of the temple music you'll hear mm. um, as you progress through the game um, it becomes more spiritual in a way really, and the music reflects that but it's in an avant-garde type way
0: yeah okay nice uh, also the when it does lock into that bass line a like really simple uh, bass line that's like a really beefy chunky sound on there uh, it's almost like trip hop-esque in a sense very very slight trip hop you know it's not a it's not all out dusty breaks dj shadow territory but it is more i don't i don't want to say chill out because it's obviously not a particularly relaxing piece but it has the same sort of pace and feel that uh i don't know it's 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 background music but you can listen to it and get something out of it on its own merits if you know what i mean
1: yeah they haven't overused the instrument's
0: Right, I feel which is quite nice okay I've got to pick uh, a couple of tracks from a game that I don't I don't know of too many people who've actually played it aside from myself mm-hmm. um, it's called Jade Cocoon Story of the Tamamayu and this is a game from uh, it was released in 98 originally and it's an RPG it's a role playing game by a company called Genki and um it's an odd one this, it's sort of a little bit like Pokemon insofar as you have to travel around this world and catch these monsters, to fight and capture these monsters called minions and then when you catch these minions you can use them to, de- to defend yourself with like as like, weapons you know, like in the same way in Pokemon you would you would deploy one of your monsters that you've previously caught to fight another monster right so it's a little bit like that and it takes place in this vast forest world Uh, it's really really pretty and also when you collect these minions you can kind of merge them fuse them together so you can make like an omni monster you know they're mostly like bug like creatures but if you you fuse it fuse enough of them they take on different like different attributes like physical attributes and different uh, paint jobs or prints you know they can Mm. yeah it's, it's really interesting how they do it um, highly recommended. Uh, just a, It's a bit of a classic time-killing game because there is a story, but then once you've finished it, you just keep on playing and keep on catching and merging these monsters. So, yeah, it's uh, it's something you could easily plough some hours into. Um, yeah, our composer is Minami Matsume and it's a really nice soundtrack, this. Uh, I hope you like these two tunes. We're going to have... Moth Forest which is a really beautiful sort of new-agey kind of thing which is the background music when you're roaming around the forest and Legend of the Arcana which is a more like set-piece narrative-y kind of thing you know where there's some text to read and all that sort of thing. So two slightly different pieces for you from uh, slightly different parts of the game. Jade Cocoon on the Sony PlayStation. Thank mm-hmm. you. was moth forest and legend of the arcana from jade cocoon composed by minami matsume and uh you were nodding off on that last one weren't you
1: yeah i think it was yeah (laughs) very (laughs) very peaceful
0: yeah welcome back uh Mm -hmm. very peaceful tune that uh kind of an old world like uh period sort of feel to it I don't really know how to describe it there's an accurate terminology of the time it's mm-hmm. from but it does sound kind of uh, kind of arcane and and, and old doesn't it uh, I could happily listen to
1: that if I have anything like I said to you and listen to it like when I'm watching some of the gameplay as well that that second um, piece uh, would fit a Tomb Raider game very well mm. like a discovery of a tomb or something like that um, right right uh yes yeah I am um, again I said
0: very Enya right? very Enya yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. yeah you're going to start yeah. singing Sail Away over the top of that first one <laughs> i think we're doing a run i think you should give me a, a, a li- like a set
1: list of all this stuff i could put on my iphone so i can come running with it
0: yeah yeah Goodness sure, what
1: kind of paces i'll be pulling in then and i think at this point i'll be at walking pace <laughs> yeah <laughs> you would be crawling like, yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. maybe the armored core track like the uh, yeah yeah well, absolutely it's pretty brisk yeah. wasn't it so that could uh anything that's big do you yeah, find yeah, that works like that. You, ch- you kind of powers you on if you have the right kind of music when you're running
1: yeah, it does. It depends. If you get bored of listening to the music in, in general, it, it doesn't help so much. Uh, but when you're in the zone and lock in, mm. like before, um, I kind of locked in, um, it, it really helps. Like when you got the music, especially if you're running to the pace of the music, that's important. Like every oh, time okay. you hit the ground. Oh, so like pace, in time so. with the BPM. Like, yeah, so like that, that, that first song in particular would work really well, whereas that one I'd be
0: probably cantering at that point I, I see yeah 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 this is something that maybe I should ask uh, Rob Nichols about he's a guy who who presents the the absolutely fantastic podcast Rhythm and Pixels I I, he, I understand he's a very keen runner he does marathons and stuff mm-hmm. uh, I, I think he did a marathon quite recently could be wrong about that but yeah fast. shout out to Rob good person and uh yeah I think uh, he'll have some things to say about listening to game music whilst running I bet he's done that plenty so uh yeah give us a shout rob right rob (laughs) moving on um oh this is another one of your picks and i'm really happy you've picked this (laughs) because i couldn't think of anything else it's uh, it's amazing though it's amazing Uh, what have you got for us Stuart? so
1: uh i couldn't think of anything else with brook i um i wanted to get some avant-garde theme music but i struggled um so uh, this is something that... Running would be bloody easy, I tell you that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this, this is the main theme to when you load up and when you're agonising waiting for your game as well during the league system of the actual soccer game.
0: Actual Soccer. The first one. Yeah. Actual Soccer 1 on the Sony PlayStation. Oh, boy. Yeah, we were <laughs> yeah. we were connoisseurs of the football games back in the day, I weren't we? I loved actual Soccer. Yeah, like, maybe a lot of our American listeners... Uh, assuming I have quite a few of those, I don't know. Hello, if you're over there, oh. uh, I don't. I think maybe they'll be a little bit. <laughs> they'll be a little bit <laughs> alienated by us talking about soccer games. But now there were loads of them, like absolutely loads. And Kim Justice, the YouTube uh, games documentary maker, did a thing about PlayStation One football games. You know, the good, the bad, and the ugly, as it were. Like some great ones, like Actual Soccer is a great one by Gremlin Graphics. Uh, some ugly ones like three lions that we were playing recently i like three lions anyway like. oh yeah <laughs> but like, i love it i love how the, I love the goalkeeper mechanics oh like, <laughs> yeah yeah you <laughs> would wouldn't you like, like cat-like reflexes on those uh actual soccer is a good one uh what can you what can you tell us about actual soccer from your memories of it uh, i know the champion motion
1: capture a lot um again especially the goalkeeper mechanics in particular um you'd actually get a video of the making of the game with the game itself I remember that yeah so yeah I remember watching that they even talked about a little bit about the, the composition we're going to listen to and um, I don't know it was just a basic game I think you've got about 40 or 50 international teams and you can have them in a a cup tournament I think um uh, yeah or league system or friendly um hmm. And then yeah you get Barry Davies as the commentator in the first yeah. one only and then the, the kind of advanced just they got further and on into the series of actors
0: Barry Davies yeah they looked out with that one uh yeah it was it was kind of stripped back in its presentation but I think it was still its power was in it just played quite well I seem to remember
1: them overrating the United States of America team quite a lot in the game Oh well, really they were really hard to beat they they were were always drawn to pot a as well like the the big big league in england but pot b so i remember having to play a whole season to get them promoted and fight off relegation the next season after being promoted and i remember america being a bloody difficult team to beat
0: yeah all right well let's have some music from this game and uh we believe this is the menu theme from actual soccer which you'll spend a whole lot of time listening to when you're cycling through all the results and uh I believe the composer for this was Patrick Phelan, his menu theme from Actua Soccer. say hallelujah <laughs> hallelujah hallelujah actual soccer on the ps1 uh yeah gremlin came out with that one uh, marvelous game marvelous music had to play the whole thing leaving the whole unedited track on this episode cuz uh that's right of my street uh just just rolls back the years doesn't it you know uh sitting for hours playing uh, really blocky games of football confused polygons flying Suspect
1: around mechanics
0: uh, <laughs> like yeah. they weren't as cheesy as like
1: three lions but there, there were bugs in actual soccer Actual right, soccer too, right. you could actually throw it you can you score from a throne by throwing it into. <laughs> it. <laughs> <laughs> And just like the one you can put off the, the goal. If you ran around the goalkeeper, you'd make him drop the ball. Is that actually <laughs>
0: legal in the rules in, in laws of the game? Like, can you actually score from a throw-in? Is that? Allowed? I don't think so. I don't, I don't think you can throw it in from like it. is it like a free kick rules where it's, it isn't it it direct ball? and indirect. I guess it is. Yeah, it is a dead ball, but like so in that in that case, you wouldn't be allowed to score from a throw. I can see it being overruled, but, but then you can score from a corner,
1: and no, that's a dead ball. True. Throw. Yeah. But well, yeah. I
0: mean. You, from a direct free kicks a dead ball situation you can score from that because it's a direct sorry this is this must know. be we'll very okay, interesting you you for our listeners yeah actually, let's actually a two is it let, let me let me check that, that. <laughs> i'll check that in a minute um, <laughs> can you score from a throw in is that allowed we'll we'll get back to you on that but yeah thanks <laughs> for picking that one thanks for picking that one Stu that so was right, a nice right. nice one we're going to move to oh yeah this is a game uh, it's close to our hearts no doubt and extremely famous it's famous to the point where uh, Uh, i got some friends in a Tharagotha in Spain, and when they throw up new, like, housing, uh, you know, blocks of flats and things, they were running out of things to call the streets. So they started, like, naming their streets after computer games and computer game franchises. And uh, so there's, like, you know, Super Mario Street and Tetris Street, and there is also a Gran Turismo Street in, in Tharagotha in Spain I believe there's a Gran Turismo street we're going to have some tunes from Gran Turismo now this game like like many games on the PS1 with it being uh, supporting Redbook CD quality audio a lot of the music is Redbook audio like licensed music so Ash, the uh, the British like pop rock band Ash oh they're Irish right? I can't remember anyway they're on the soundtrack and I think Placebo are as well Things like that, you know, uh, and garbage too, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. But um, when you're in the st- like, uh, I want to say story mode, but you know, we go to different garages, like different car dealerships in Gran Turismo, to buy your cars and and uh, mod your cars, you know, soup them up. You have different pieces of music on loop for different dealerships, and it's all kind of they're all kind of similar. It's like variations on a theme. Uh, so what were the oh, yeah, dealerships there was you had different dealerships didn't different music yeah you remember right so oh, there man. was like the Subaru dealership uh, can we remember all of them TVR, TVR Aston Martin, Aston Martin uh, Dodge Chevy uh, uh, there's lots of Japanese ones Mazda Toyota Mazda. Honda yeah there were a lot of dealerships it was all Japanese American and British sports cars there were no Italian ones in that one I believe but um, yeah we're going to have a couple of tunes from uh, Gran Turismo, the dealership music and the the team I have for composing and designing the sound on Gran Turismo is uh, Masamichi Seki, Takashi Kanai, Yasuaki Yabuta and Mitsukuni Murai um, so quite a lot of people involved there I can't speak for how they organise themselves to compose these but that's the credits I have we're going to hear the tunes from the TVR dealership and the Honda Acura dealership uh, these two are my favorites of all the uh, of all the tracks when you're shopping for cars and all that stuff so enjoy these let's get into some car business with Gran Turismo was a tbr dealer and honda acura dealer from gran turismo on the ps1 and now i feel like spending money i don't have on expensive sports cars uh what do you make of those two that makes you want to go with the tbr buy more i, think I prefer tbrs over the hondas i
1: think yeah i like. Uh, yeah you like that one more uh, I, like, I like the tbr cars in that game the blackpool right, 500 right. and there was the tbr and Huskan?
0: Yeah, that rings a bell, yeah. You get
1: many colour choices in each one, but uh, they're pretty good. <laughs>
0: but part, in real life, apparently, is dreadful, apparently, the break apart. Yeah, I mean, like, <laughs> so, Hannah's dad had one. Yeah. TBR TVR shortened for Trevor, as well. <laughs> the really? The company, yeah. Is that why it's called yeah, T- oh TBR? Oh, my God. I've heard it all now. Yeah. It, you know, it really, it was really just breaks. couldn't fit. You just see it in the game. <laughs> it's great in the game, but in real life, nah, not really. All right, uh, we can we can report that. Um, oh yes, the, the throw-in yeah. thing. We checked. Uh, mm-hmm. You you cannot score directly from a throw-in, and uh, I'll, I can quote you, uh, Law fifteen. Uh, is it law 15 i think law it's 15 subsection 14 law 15 <laughs> subsection 14 of the fifa rules procedures and infringements of the throw in a goal cannot be scored directly from a throw in if the ball enters the opponent's goal directly from a throw in the referee shall award a goal kick if the ball enters ooh there's a bit of a typo there if the ball enters the thrower's own goal sloppy fifa Respect, <laughs> If the <laughs> yes Point to himself, right? if the ball enter the thrower's own goal Oof. scoring an own goal from the uh, throw-in is an insane thing is this is something like,
1: I'd love to see in real yeah. life Like, <laughs> if it
0: happens <laughs> the referee shall award a corner kick so there you go we can't so actual soccer was pure fantasy then
1: but it's hard, isn't it? But you, you can score from a, a corner directly kicking it. Yeah, in. I've seen
0: that happen. Was always like a free kick in way, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's spectacular when it happens, but it's very rare, right? So
1: the listeners are at ease now; they can rest, yeah. rest knowing what the law is now. Law You're
0: 15, welcome. You're welcome, listeners. <laughs> but yeah, that we was uh, <laughs> it and we analysed it. Didn't want to leave oh, that man, one hanging, you know. Yeah. But yeah, Gran Turismo. I'm really into the the tunes from the dealerships. Uh, very. It takes me a little bit back to the Armored Core. You know the it's good that
1: <laughs> I completely forgot that the dealerships had different music. It kind of gives you a
0: flavor of kind of what the the dealership made.: yeah, that's a good of, you know, idea that like so TVR happens. sounded kind of a bit a, a little bit smooth and a bit cool, you know, whereas Honda was a bit more like forceful and bright uh, I think maybe those those kind of sounds can mirror the the kinds of cars they produced. I don't know there could be something in that maybe it Maybe it occurred to the composers maybe not but um, we can project it for sure let's move on to your final pick of the show and you're taking us to 97 again what do you have here uh, this is kind of similar to the Abe's Odyssey one um, So
1: avant-garde type music background theme um, this is towards the end of the game as well um, uh, this, is, uh, uh, this is from Tomb Raider 2 this is from and You return to the Great Role of China and discover the Temple of Jean. Temple of Jean.
0: Good stuff. Uh, the composer I have for this is Nathan McCree. Uh, so yeah, this is a this soundtrack is a bit more uh, uh, light on instrumental music because a lot of the time you kind of exploring and silence apart from your own. Oh yeah.
1: So this is, yeah. This is I don't think there's any instruments in at all. Maybe yeah. a little bit of I, you just have to listen really and just uh, cool. Listen
0: interesting alright I mean you spent a fair bit of time with the Tomb Raider series right I remember I I could never get into them because you know I, I wanted to like them but there was something about the controls that just felt so stiff but then they were massive games right like what was the appeal for you um
1: I never played a game. It was one of the th- I think it was one of the first ever games I'd loaded into the PlayStation on Christmas Day when I got it. Oh, wow. Two that's made cool. it, the original one. Yeah. And it was bloody hard. Like, I had no idea how to. The controls, yeah, were hard enough. I had to have the walkthrough, I think, for it to. When you get the hang of it. Uh huh.
0: Um, because but- there was a training mode, wasn't there, where you go around her house
1: yeah well they're building up a law so I think it's one of those first ever games where you're actually getting like a law built up around a character Mm. a female character of that as well not the first one because we've discussed this before you know Samus from I um, think Samus
0: is definitely among the first yeah Yeah. but then um, Samus is kind of different because she wasn't so like brazenly sexualized in all the promotional materials so in um, like over in the UK like you buy games magazines it was oh Lara Croft mmm like this uh the poly- polygonal woman with like cone boobs you know uh, and i mean i think by tomb Raider 2 they might have adjusted that a little all, bit but polygons you yeah. know. yeah i remember like i used to read these magazines and there was a section in one of them where it was every month you, you readers submit your ideas for ridiculous cheats in games that don't exist and one of them was like top of the chart every time was someone said uh oh, if you do this, then she takes off all her clothes. It's totally gross, like, how they handled it, but I suppose sex sells and the PlayStation uh, demographic was probably pandering to that kind of domain of Shadon's males. She had voice
1: in the games, though, although the first female actress who did the voice for her I thought was better than the one who did it in Tomb Raider 2 and 3, I think.
0: Okay, okay. It's pitch perfect, the voice, like, with the... Uh, you know, it's 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 just kind of posh, right? <laughs> she sounds really posh. Yeah, I, yeah I, I should really go
1: back and look up the law of Lara Croft. They're, they're rebooting it now, and they're really the, the kind yeah. of re- remaking it from uh, the doing prequels at the minute. Uh, oh, okay, completely rebooting it. Yeah, but uh, it's just kind of like, like, I think like some father who was also an explorer, like Lord Croft. Oh, she I remember that. Inherits Croft Manor after he passes away or mm. goes missing of some sort. Um, yeah so you get to go around Croft Manor in the first one and indeed the second one you have to defend it in the second one as well Ah,
0: wow that's interesting
1: yeah
0: cool okay well let's get into this then Temple of Jeanne from Tomb Raider 2 composed by Nathan McCree released in 1997 on the Sony Playstation Tomb Raider two, and that was the Temple of Jean. Yeah, so you're coming through with the music, concrete sort of stuff there, um, all uh, all uh, concrete sounds, you know, uh, pretty eerie. And the the kind of vo- vocal effect thing, I'm not sure if it was actually voice, but
1: yeah, you're wondering
0: the kind that kind of chattering and the chattering texture quite near the start was, uh, was very very creepy. But uh, yeah enjoyed that one um, so I mean is the rest of the soundtrack because I don't actually remember very well is the rest of the soundtrack comparable to that kind of thing
1: well it depends I mean they they they, they often use a few of the soundtracks um, ambient soundtracks um, from Tomb Raider 1 in Tomb Raider 2 oh, okay. uh, but this is kind of building suspense in the game because you're getting towards the end of it so that mm. it's more darker um, for where you are the level in particular is quite dark and very expansive and very hard as well okay um, they also use that in Two Meter 3 they kind of cut it up and, and make they, they do it for another temple you have to explore later on oh, okay but a large amount of Tomb meter stuff uses um, little tidbits here and then your little five second like if large, just, just goes as a tomb or something like that, or if she's in mm. a chase. There'll be a saxophone kind of playing that kind of thing to, or some sort of horn section, to make not it playing sounds. like careless whisper or something. Presumably, <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, maybe not. where's Mick McCarthy when you need him? McC- oh my <laughs> god! The video. I'm, I'm a very big fan. There's a good one of Ed Miliband doing that as well. You have gotta show but, me that one. I haven't seen I saw Ed Miliband doing the growl, the oh, metal growl. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> okay, okay. Listen, it's repetitive. Be alienated again but um yeah i, I uh <laughs> this week in 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 the uk a former former leader of the opposition and labor labor mp ed milliband was uh doing an interview on radio two and he was interviewing napalm death the, gri- the legendary grindcore band napalm death and they have the song you suffer which is like three seconds i think it's like really short and you saying, oh, maybe I could be uh, a be maybe I could be in a death metal band, you know, death metal vocalist, and they're trying to teach him how to do it. Like, and he has a go himself, uh, and it's it's one of the f- single funniest things I've ever heard. So I took it upon myself to do like a mashup of "You Suffer" but with Ed Miliband's <laughs> yeah. version. Of it. <laughs> I so mean, it's just like just YouTube, <laughs> Ed Miliband, "You Suffer," and you'll find it. That, I'm responsible for that. Sorry. Uh, anyway, yes good stuff we're just about at the end just about at the end of the show but I think we've picked some uh, we've picked some good things some good music on this one uh, thanks again Stuart for coming over uh, it's always a pleasure I guess we'll we'll start watching some nonsense on, on YouTube once once we've finished recording this right um, that, yeah. yeah
1: but yeah thanks for having us it's been fun it's no been no worries
0: nostalgic so thank you yeah and of, of course that's the deal with uh, PS1 material I guess Hopefully we'll have you on again before too long for a rematch, or the second instalment of the battle, the VGM battle series that I'm trying to get, get popping on this podcast. You are the reigning champion after all. And, uh... I'm gonna adjust the rules a little bit.
1: I feel as if I need some wrestling introduction. That's the champion, like.
0: Yeah, yeah. We should have intro music. Each of us. Motorhead
1: playing like I am the
0: game. <laughs> Ed Miliband's little air growl. Yeah, that that would be. Yeah, legs. that's gonna be my entrance music. Ed Miliband doing Napalm death. Yeah, well, so keep your eyes peeled and keep your ears peeled and all that, listeners, for a, a VGM battle 2 Hopefully, we can figure that out soon. Uh, yeah, watch this space, as they say. Uh, yeah let's go through some bits and bats of housekeeping if you'd like to get in touch with me uh, you can email me at foreversoundversion at gmail.com you can like this podcast on facebook at facebook.com slash foreversoundversion and you can follow this podcast on twitter the handle is fsv podcast and if you feel inclined to do so you can sponsor me for my 24 hour weird old computer games slam down which is happening very soon mm. uh, in a couple of weeks i think um to raise money for the refugee council here in the uk uh you can you can donate by visiting justgiving.com slash fundraising slash weird games slam down. Uh, it might kill me. You know, I'm, I'm going to be playing a lot of utter nonsense games.
1: Can I still drop around at some point? Yeah, of course. Yeah, to yeah. drop around and then, yeah, come, yeah, come over. Somewhere else, yeah,
0: so. yeah, by all means, like bring pizza because God knows I'll need it and bring beer as well. Uh, should be fun and it's uh, for a very important cause. You know, the Refugee Council do incredible work in the face of some. Uh, Mm-hmm. In the face of some pretty pretty nasty conditions, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. yeah, urgent work needs to be done. So full respect to the Refugee Council, and I'm really happy to be able to raise a bit of money for them. Small contribution, but a contribution nonetheless. I like to think. Absolutely. So uh, also, uh, I want to give a quick shout out to Tom who uh, got in touch. With me recently, uh, after he checked out the uh, Atari 8-bit episode of this podcast. Uh, thanks a lot for the kind words, Tom. Uh, he he helps run a, a video game music internet radio station called Rainwave, uh, which can be found found at rainwave.cc. And I recommend you check it out because uh, there's some good good tunes happening on there. Uh, seems like a great project. So best of luck with that. Um, that's it. Anything else we should say? Anything you want to plug? <laughs> I, I can't <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean you got a Twitter handle, right? Is it spread, yeah, purple? spread Purple. Spread All purple. Spread purple. Yeah. yeah. Check out Stuart on there. And uh that is us, Michael and Stuart for another show. We're gonna have one more piece to play us out with and it's from the Squaresoft classic in my book. Bushido Blade. Mm-hmm. Do you remember Bushido Blade? you I I remember it. Yeah, I think I haven't played it, but I haven't have mm. seen people play it before. So. Yeah, I really like Bushido Blade, uh, and it's aged well. Like it, it looks kind of funny because all that early polygonal graphics do sort of look a bit funny now. But it's aged well in the in the format of the game and how it works with the honor system of like combat. Uh, like a one, it's a one-on-one fighting game, but there's no power gauge. Like, you know, if you strike a clean blow your opponent's down you know so the battles are short short but sweet and uh, there's some really interesting music on this game so uh, check out the whole soundtrack if you're into this little number I have picked Hiding in Shadow by Ayako Sasso and this is a this is another raging uh, drum and bass-esque sort of composition to to go along with the the one from Armored Core I picked earlier hope you enjoy this Uh, thank you very much for listening and uh, we'll we'll, uh, see you next time alright all All the best for now bye
1: But why?